Hello and welcome to Spooptober on the Grindhouse Girls podcast. This month we'll be focusing on some Halloween films to hallow stream this spooky season. But of course, we'll be discussing all things spoopy, scary, and strange. As usual, we'd like to warn our listeners that some things that we discuss due to their graphic nature may be disturbing and listener discretion is advised. But for those of you who would like to be spooked out, keep listening and on to the podcast. Hey there, this is Katie. Hi there, I'm Brittany. And this is the Grindhouse Girls podcast. Grindhouse Girls! Yes! Last Spooptober of 2021, y'all. Yes, I believe we're calling this episode Hollow Stream. Is that yes. correct? I okay. think so. Our Hollow Stream list for this year. Last year we did two episodes, but then this year, because of our special first episode of Spooptober, we're just doing one. And uh, we're going to try to do ones, I believe, that we have not reviewed yet in our list, but we will have bonus ones. Um, and we try to do things that A, are streaming, so they're available, and B, take place around or on Halloween, which we already knocked a couple out of the running by doing ginger snaps and trick-or-treat. I realized while I was trying to make my list, I was like, damn it, we've already done several. Um, But I don't know, sometimes people want to watch movies that take place actually on Halloween. So I don't know, maybe next year we'll do slasher movies or something. Like we'll do a different category. Yeah, that's always good. Yeah. Um, How are you doing, Britt? I'm I'm okay. I can't complain. It's a it's a great time of year. It's my favorite time of the year. It's also a little tiring. It's always something sociable going on. But I I mm-hmm. really can't complain. What about you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Uh, my brother and his girlfriend are getting puppies, and uh, so Gizmo's going to get some cousins. So that's exciting. Did you have any housekeeping, Brett? I didn't. But you were telling me you had a you had a few notes yourself. What are they? Yes. So for some reason. So once again, I don't know if it was Mercury in retrograde or if my uh, recording software is just being stupid, but we had a couple points where the sound went out, so I had to kind of like edit some stuff a little weird. But I don't know if it was that or if I just completely forgot, but I did not tell the name of the actor who played the mom in Ginger Snaps. I went through her entire resume and didn't say that her name is Mimi Rogers. Oh, and I had it written down, and I just, like, I was like, did it cut out, or am I just dumb? So, it's Mimi Rogers. That's the actress who played Pamela in Ginger Snaps. I'm an idiot. Uh, sorry, guys. No, I was just you're really not excited. an idiot. You're just excited. Yeah. <laughs> I like that actress, and I was like, and you were like, yeah, she was in that movie you like. And I was like, yeah, she was, and I never said her name. So, <laughs> just just some silliness. Um, And I remembered who Sam's actor looks like chris lemke uh he reminded me of jeremy sisto who was in he's in this movie that i have been trying to find on streaming and haven't been able to which apparently also takes place on halloween i don't i don't think it's on your list called may it's like Mm -hmm. an early 2000s movie um he's in that movie but he's also elton in clueless and that's who that guy reminded me of him and james marston who was Max Goof in the Goofy movie, but also was him. the voice of Binks in Hocus Pocus. Yeah, He looks like those two actors. That's why I was like, he's classic late 90s, early 2000s, like brunette, almost a bowl haircut. You know, the little like, 
I don't even know how to, like, what was that haircut called that all the boys had where it was, like, parted in the middle, like, up and down I do anime know what you're bangs, talking about. but I don't yeah. know if there's a name. But, yeah, like, that's who I was thinking of. I was like, it's a guy. For a hot second, I thought it was going to be the guy from, uh, the guy from Scream that plays the boyfriend, and I was like, that's oh. not him. Skeech Ulrich. It wasn't Skeech Ulrich, though. It was Jeremy yeah. Sisto. Anyways, so I remembered. It was just driving That's me awesome. crazy. <laughs> that I, I was like, who was he? Uh, yeah, that was the only housekeeping I had, though. So nothing serious, except that I did have to edit something, like, kind of abruptly. And I think Stephanie gave some feedback that it sounded a little weird. And I was like, I'm sorry. Sometimes, sometimes... Like, the way I have to edit things, things just sound abrupt. And I wish I was a little more perfect at it, but I'm not. So I'm sorry if it sounds abrupt, guys. Um, And that's the good thing about having, like, a best friend that listens to the podcast. That she has a question, she can just text me and I can answer and go, oh, and thank you for the feedback. So thanks, Stephanie. Um, But, yeah, no, it's, it's... I, I think it still sounds really, really good. And we have people listening. We have new listeners yes. this week. Welcome. What? Welcome. Hi. Hey. How are you? Thank you for joining us today. Yes. Yes. Uh, or tonight or whatever. Whatever day it is. And thank you for our old listeners that have been here the whole time, too. We love you guys, all of you equally. So, uh, we, we went and saw another movie. In our local art house theater. I guess that's what we should call this theater. Uh, yeah. We finally saw Lamb. We did. I loved it. So mm-hmm. I, I'll i be honest. I really, really like Tatane. But I think I like Lamb better. I think just okay. me personally. I But both movies were great. Um, they're both very different movies. Um, but Lamb just had like. I just felt like this visceral reaction watching it. Like especially at the end. Um, yeah. But I loved it. I feel like Lamb ended up being so much more of a psychological drama and less yeah. of a horror film. Like, I was expecting much more of a horror film. And then there was all this heartwarming stuff in the middle, and I was like, oh, okay. And then there was a shocking – I will say, the movie was so shocking at towards the end that the entire audience had a collective gasp. And when the movie ended, several people just said, fuck, which is always yeah. a good thing. Interesting enough, so the director of Lamb has explicitly stated again and again that Lamb is not a horror movie. Good. And I, I would agree with that. Like, I mean, there, because I was actually texting our friend, Steph, um, who, you, who of course, was, I guess, a couple weeks back. You probably hear me mm-hmm. and Katie mention her name a lot. But Katie yeah. asked me Hi, about... Steph. Yeah, hey, Steph. Uh, Steph had asked me about this movie, and she said, is it not a grief horror? And I'm like, no, it's actually not no. a grief horror. I was like, grief, grief is an element in the movie, but I wouldn't say it's the overwhelming theme. And yeah. slight spoilers alert, guys, but the spoilers. child in Slight spoilers, slight spoilers. But the child within the movie actually gives the couple new lease on life, so it allows them to kind of break away from their grief. Yeah. Um, so grief is a factor, but it's not the main factor in this movie at all. Yeah. I would say it's more in line with, like, Parasite than... Yeah. Because everyone said Parasite was a horror film, and I was it like, not. it's not. It's really yeah. not. It's a psychological drama, you know. But I really like Lamb. I love Lamb. I would give them both about the same rating. Like, quality-wise, I loved them yeah. both. But I probably was more excited for Teton because yeah. I love that director, and I wanted to see her new work but yeah 
go yeah. see Lamb. It was funny because Halloween Kills was playing right next door, and we didn't know it until we got there, and we were like, that was hilarious, because I could hear the Halloween music when the Lamb got quiet. I was like, maybe not the best movies to be playing side by side, but okay. It was yeah. pretty funny. It was, but it was funny, good. but... It was good, and like I said, I one I love a slow burn, and that's what this movie was. It, it was, was a slower burn, and then two, I mean, I just love it when something just really happens that people mm-hmm. just have an honest to god reaction to, and yeah, I can't say I was really pleased by the end of the movie, but no. at the same time, I think I think it made logical sense when you think of I the like that it things. went there. It yeah. went there, and I was like, oh my god, you went there. Um, yeah. Which is great. Also, uh, warning, there is animal violence in this movie. So, uh, if that is yes. a trigger for you, probably don't see it. Like, it, both it of us is. were kind of like, ah! Now, the good thing I will say is that we did not see, small spoiler, you don't see direct on animal violence. So, that's the right. one good thing. And there is a lot of animal actors in this movie. Taylor goes, aren't they just animals? Like, are they really animal actors or are they just animals? So I was like, well... They're essentially acting for the camera, and they do a phenomenal job of it. So I will call them animal actors. But uh, they they are wonderful. Like yeah, I was there was super a impressed. there was a featurette on A twenty four's Instagram where Numi Rapace was talking about that, where she was like, you know, you have to like let the camera hold on these animals to get the reaction, and like that's such an interesting part of this movie. Um, yeah, but go see Lamb if you can. I'm sure when it comes on streaming, like Tatan, we will bring it back up. So we don't want yeah. to give too much away. Um, Absolutely. Guess what else I saw this weekend for the first time in all at once, which I've seen the TV edited version bits and pieces of, but I'd never seen all of it before. What? Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one. Oh! I finally watched all of it. It's on, I feel like it's HBO Max, I think. And I was like, you know what? Because I would always turn on the middle of the movie and I would be like, I'd watch like a scene and then be like, I feel bad that I haven't seen it from the beginning. So I would stop. So I finally watched all of it. It's cute. I honestly, it's not as scary as I thought it was going to be. But it's, I like the death sequences and I like Freddy as a character. He's a despicable thing, but I like him as a character, but I hated the way the movie ended and it kind of made like, like I get it, but I was kind of just like. Oh, like, I definitely like Friday the 13th better than Nightmare on Elm Street. I like the dream aspect of Nightmare on Elm Street, but I like the story aspect of the first Friday the 13th. Also, spoiler, there's a twist at the end of Friday the 13th that, well, there's there's a couple twists, but the first twist I loved. The first time I saw that movie, I was like, (gasps) and like, it was great. It was like, lamb. But like, that wasn't really, Nightmare on Elm Street was kind of just like, okay, so he was a real person. Mm-hmm. Tight. Like, it's not really that. But Freddy's we'll cool. Give you, we'll give you a clue. Drew Barrymore gets it wrong in uh, Scream. Um, I also went back and started watching more of American Horror Story Season 2 because I still haven't finished that episode. Because the, the demon part scared the shit out of me the first time I watched it. Uh, but I'm really liking it. And I, since the second the second half of season 10 is to do with aliens, I'm like, surely they're going to bring stuff on from Asylum because that was a subplot. But I don't know. I'm not loving the second half of season 10. What about you, Britt? I've only watched the first episode of the second mm, half of yeah. season 10. Uh, I wasn't super impressed. I liked the beginning of the episode, not so much the second half. Um, I'll yeah. have to pick it back up. I feel... I Guys, I will watch... 
I've literally seen every single episode of American Horror Story in every single mm-hmm. season, including American Horror Story, so I have to finish it. I feel obligated at this point. Yeah. But I'm not as impressed. It <laughs> like, does get better. Yeah. It does get better. But I'm not loving. Unless they bring a certain character from season two back at the end of this season, I think it's pointless. Because I really, I loved the first half of this season. I really liked the first half. And see, I feel like with a lot of seasons of American Horror Story, this first half had like a decent beginning, a pretty solid middle, and then it just always loses, it feels like it loses air at the end. Which I was hoping that was not going to happen since they had two separate stories. I was hoping that would not be the case. Also, I'm kind of disappointed Macaulay Culkin's not in the second half that I've seen so far. Yeah. Yeah. Did you watch anything else? Uh, the, o- the only thing... Oh, okay. So, well, one of the things I watched, uh, I, I will have... It's one of my picks for our Hollow Stream, so I have to hold Oh, yeah, on I have that. one of those, but I'm not going to say it. Yeah. Yeah, was one so I did hold off on I that. Um, I did. Hello. I don't know if any of my fellow you people are out there. Um, but oh, did you I see did. it? I I only saw the first half of the third I season. I haven't finished the first season, so... Oh, <laughs> I don't even oh. Know. I started watching it. I hate him. <laughs> and I just yeah, like, I, I don't want to keep watching it. It's really funny. So Joe is not supposed not the to actor. be likable. Uh, not Penny the actor. Bradley. Yeah, yeah. I no, like the Joe actor. The Joe the character, yeah. yeah Joe but, is not supposed uh, to be likable. Yeah. The gaslighting is giving me, like, um, t- like trauma responses. Like, it's, it's triggering me. And, yeah. like, I could – and I think I started watching it while I was going through my big breakup last year. So – I don't think that was the right show to watch at the time. Maybe I should get into a healthy relationship and then try to watch it again. But is it is the third season good? Like it's it's okay. It's okay. It's not um it's not the best or the worst. I will have to say I think the first season is still probably the strongest of the three seasons. Um, but the first season was actually based off a book. And I, right. I want to say, I'm not for sure the second season was completely based off a book, and I don't think the third season was at all, if I'm remembering correctly. They're um, getting a Game of Thrones problem. Yeah, now the first season, though, um, you probably know this already, but actually it began as a Lifetime series, which is really mm. interesting. And Makes I think sense. it did okay on Lifetime, but it's when Netflix bought the rights to, premiere, to stream it on Netflix that's when it blew up. Um, it's not one of my favorite shows ever, but it is an enjoyable watch. I think Joe. I think Joe's a fucked up character, and even Pim Bradley, who Brad Bradley 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 Bradley, who Badgley. plays him, maybe it's Bradley, but Pim, who plays Joe, is like it astounds me that people love him because he's not likable at all. But I mean, he, he feels that way too. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, but he is just—he's an attractive man, and. People like Ted Bundy still, so what did you expect, you know? I mean, that sounds terrible. Um, Ted Bundy was a punk-ass bitch. There, I said He it. was. But I'm glad you're watching it. I don't know. Maybe I'll get back into it. I don't know. I started watching more uh, Murder, She Wrote, Going to mm-hmm. Sleep. Um, and I was trying to watch American Horror Story Season 2. Anyways, I think it's time we start talking on our list, because we went off on a tangent. I'm sorry. Um... Are we ready to talk about our list, Brett? Yeah, yeah. Yay! Um, so, uh, once once again, and I'm I'm leading off on Hollow Stream this year. Uh, yes. So me and Katie decided to each pick three movies, um, 
And we also are doing honorable mentions. These movies are either available to stream or, in my case, my mentions. I have a few rentals as well. Um, but Me they're too. available to either stream or rent. They either take place on Halloween or there's scenes within the movie that play, take place during Halloween. Um, yeah. Or the season. So the season. Tis the yes. season. Tis People the always season. look at me weird when I say that, but in my heart it's always Halloween. But um, my very first movie, uh, so I think Yay. we all have these movies that um, we saw when we were younger. And um, maybe they were very impressionable to you. And so there's a there's a handful of movies that I've seen between the ages of like 5 and 15 that I really think kind of shaped me into the person I am. And this movie had came out, and I had seen it um, probably like 2002. I think I was 12 or 13. My dad rented mm-hmm. it. And I watched it with my dad. And it was one of those movies. There was such a, like, reaction. Like, I had such a reaction to this film that I, I knew it immediately. I, I didn't know exactly what was going on, but I knew immediately I needed to watch it again. Um, and so I'm talking about Donnie Darko. Uh, so... For you guys who don't really know about Donnie Darko, um, it is a 2001 science fiction psychological thriller. Um, it is currently streaming on Tubi TV right now, by the way. So it Ooh. is available to stream. Yeah. Um, it was written and directed by Richard Kelly, who was only 25 years old at the time of his debut at Sundance. So he was a very young director. A typical Grindhouse Girls fashion. This was his directorial debut. Um, oh. And... Um, so, he started writing the script shortly after graduating college, and he had this idea, it was based on this idea of a jet engine falling onto someone else's house, and no one knowing the origin of it. And he had heard this urban legend as a kid about this ice cube, like this, um, not this ice cube, this, like, um, Katie, what's icicle? the word? Icicle, icicle, thank you. Icicle. Uh, he had heard the story about this icicle falling from a jet and landing in this kid's bedroom and the kid being out of the room and barely missed dying. So this is where this whole kind of movie stemmed from. He had this idea. Um, that happens in an episode of Shameless where Joan Cusack's character almost gets hit by a piece of space debris. And it yeah. also happens in the first episode of Dead Like Me. But It, it does. Her. A toilet. It's a toilet, a toilet that kills her. Space yeah. junk. That's not a spoiler because that's like literally the first scene. But Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's a funny running gag throughout the first season about it her is. joking about a toilet killed me. It was great. It, it was great. Um, now, this movie, like a few different movies released in 2001, doing, due to being released, so it premiered in Sundance in January of 2001. And this movie was supposed to have its theatrical de- uh, released in October of that year. Well, of course, this was a month after the 9-11 attacks. And so yeah. there's a subplot about a plane. Uh, so they didn't really advertise for this movie because of that. Because they're like, yeah, we're not doing it. And of course... Which, isn't that crazy? Because it was so big, culturally. Yeah. yeah. And so it, it... So what happened, I think me and Katie have talked about a few movies this happened to... Because they didn't advertise for it, it greatly affected it at the box office. So it was like pretty much a bomb when it came out. Because no one really saw trailers for this movie. They had no idea what it was about. So despite receiving positive reviews, it got really great reviews. Uh, It wasn't until it was released on home video that following March that it gained a cult following. Which is where I saw it for the first time. And so um, now to go on to the movie a little bit. So this movie takes place in October of 1988. And that's the other thing. So when Richard Kelly submitted this script, all these people, they loved this movie. But the big thing when they were trying to make it, they are like, well, can't you move it to modern times? 
And he's like, no, this was a time I grew up in. It's this time that mm-hmm. I really wanted to write a movie about because he's like, I didn't really see movies taking place in this era. And so it was very important to him. He kept it in 1988. So, um, so basically, movie takes place in October 1988. And there's this troubled teenager, Donnie Darko, who's played by Jake Gyllenhaal, which is the first thing I ever remember seeing Jake in. Um, so That's how I knew his face. It was all yeah. over pop culture. Everyone talks about Donnie Darko. Uh, so I didn't, like, know what exactly it was. I knew there was a scary bunny and this, like, sad-looking boy. <laughs> and then when when Jake Gyllenhaal, like, grew up a little bit and was, like, in other movies, I was like, who well, I love Jake Gyllenhaal now. Especially, yeah, like, I after we did, like, after I saw Nightcrawler Night and Crawler. stuff, I was like, he's so fucking good! But, like, now I'm like, oh, amazing. But, like, I was like, oh, is that, like, he was, like, the stereotypical emo kid. Even though it was supposed to take place in the 80s, he was just, like, so sad-looking all the time. And there was just... It's the picture of him in a movie theater with the, the scary bunny. Yeah. And I wasn't really sure what the scary <laughs> bunny meant. That image has never left my brain. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's, it could be argued that maybe it, it was a bad thing that I saw these movies because I was very <sighs> emotional. And, like, I always felt the weight of these films when I... I was the type of kid that, like... I, I used too. to I used to journal a lot, and I would see like a movie, and I would have to like write about the movie, and mm-hmm. sometimes like about mm-hmm. certain characters, I would like I would wonder what happened to certain characters and TV shows mm-hmm. I watched. So yeah, I was definitely like writing fan fiction out. No one was writing. I was fiction, too. I would so. like play make believe, but I would like specifically be like, we're gonna play Star Wars, and I am Han Solo's daughter, and I borrowed my this is so embarrassing i borrowed my brother's leather cowboy vest because i was like of course han solo's daughter would wear a vest like han solo duh so anyways but yeah no same here but my parents knew like i would never sleep and i already told you the incident about holly not sleeping after watching rings or ring so you know it's probably best but now i have to do all this catch-up but go ahead i'm sorry i interrupted your synopsis no, you're good. You're good. You're good. So, um, with, with me, I think at this age, I was probably wanting to dress like Donnie. Because uh, the ending, the the, fir- the third and final act of the film actually takes place on Halloween. And Donnie mm-hmm. is wearing a, like, skeleton-like jumpsuit. So, I was like, oh, I need that skeleton jumpsuit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, so we have uh, troubled teenager Donnie Darko. He's very smart. Uh, but, you know, he kind of has issues. He's seen a therapist, which is good for him. Um, but in a bout of sleepwalking, walks out of his house and he meets a figure in a terrifying rabbit costume who tells him the world will end in 28 days, 6 hours, 42 minutes, and 12 seconds. And that's the movie, terrifying. uh, follows the time period from, from that beginning of that movie to, to where he meets Frank to the end, which is Halloween. <laughs> his name is Frank. His name is Frank. Yes. So Does he Frank ever the take rabbit. the bunny costume off? Oh, I if I told you, you'd be spoiling it. So does, he, does the world end at the end of the movie? If I told you, you'd be spoiling it. Yeah, but that's why I always good. like. I don't really want to see the world end, which is one of the reasons why it scared me. It's 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 good. Um, I think I was very. So I I'm still like to be honest. I'm still haunted by the ending of Donnie Darko. I, I it's oh, just no. so it's still it's just brilliant. It's brilliant. I think even as an adult woman, like even though I understand now I think of it and I understand the movie when I watch it and I know everything that's going on and I've seen it so many times that like I, I know I know the movie, 
but it's still mm-hmm. the ending scene. And I will I will spoil this. So um, there is the, the last half of the movie, the last five minutes, is set to Gary Jewell's Mad World, which is the first time oh, I yeah. heard Mad World. And, probably why it became such an anthem. Oh, my God. Honestly. It is beautiful, but it will fuck you up. But Although now we have the the vine where the kid goes, all around me are familiar faces. And that's yeah. now what I hear when people say Mad World. I'm like, that's what I want to, that's what I edit to. Like, sorry. Yeah. In my head. That's a good one. Like, I didn't know until recently that it took place during Halloween. So yeah. it was on a bunch of lists that I and, saw. Yes. And so, um, so once again, I will say real quick. So we got Jake Gyllenhaal's Donnie Darko, who was so mesmerized by this script, he came up with the idea to also have his real-life sister, Maggie, audition for his sister in the movie. So um, Maggie Gyllenhaal No one's plays ever heard of her. Yes. She plays Elizabeth. Um, but we also have a lot of other actors. So we got Jim Malone as Gretchen, who's Donnie's love interest. Drew Barrymore uh, oh, plays his her. teacher. Uh, she helped fund this movie. If it wasn't for her, the movie probably would have never been funded. Uh, so Drew Barrymore was very instrumental in getting this picture made. Um, Patrick Swayze, the late great Patrick Swayze, is June Cunningham, a motivational speaker uh, with a terrible secret. And also we have Catherine Uh-oh. Ross, Mary McDonald, James Duvall, David Chase. Catherine Patient. Ross? Yes. You mean uh, Catherine Hepburn's niece? It from, may be. Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? Yes. Yes. Yep, that's her niece. Okay. Yeah. That's why she played her daughter. Oh. And guess who's coming for dinner. Because she didn't have sense. any children, but she looks so much like Katherine Hepburn. Um, yes. Yeah. That's her. That's, she's a really good actress. I like. She was also in The Graduate, right? Yeah, uh, was she? Maybe she was. Was she Elaine I think she's the, the girlfriend. I Elaine? Think she's a, li- Elaine? Yeah, I think she's. Elaine! Get this. So it has Patient Cleveland, Seth Rogen, and like his first. So his first spoken line in a movie is in this movie. And he says, I think, nice boobs or nice tits. So, yeah, Seth Rogen. Of course dies. he does. And then so. Ashley Tidstill is even in Donnie Darko. Very smart. I didn't farce. think she was old enough to be in that movie. I think when she it came was out. like a, I think she was like a supporting, supporting role in the movie. Okay. So, but yeah, okay. so. Honestly, anyway. I'm glad they didn't make it like present day when they made it because it would have been like the whole Y2K thing, which is like two on the nose. I think it's better yeah. to be way back when. Um, but yeah, that's a good movie. And you it can dress is. up like the bunny. I, I if could. you want to. I could. I could. Or anyone if, can. Yeah. I can't wait because uh, this is another one of those movies because I really did the other day make uh, my nephew, my 14-year-old nephew, I, I was playing Mad World in the car when I was taking him home and he was like, I like this song. What is this song? <laughs> and I was like, yes, a new generation. Um, so yeah, guys, I love it. I recommend it. Once again, the whole third act takes place on Halloween. There's a very giant, scary bunny uh, named Scary Bunny around, so yeah, it's it's a it's a quintessential film. I think most people should see, but it also is a Halloween movie in that regard too. Yay! Yeah, awesome. So my first movie that I'm gonna say is a it's actually new to me, but I it's one that I watched over the weekend, and I was like, oh, and it does take place on Halloween, um, but it is a retelling of my absolute favorite creepy storybook when i was a kid scary stories to tell in the dark oh, and the movie I love it. is called scary stories to tell in the dark and i 
Remember this coming out in 2019, and I was a little bit like, oh, I don't know if I want to watch it. Is it going to ruin the books for me? So Scary Stories, uh, I Have the Treasury, um, by Alvin Schwartz, and illustrations by Stephen Gamble. Um, It came out in the late 80s and early 90s, and it really shaped a generation of children to enjoy scary stories. And what it is is it's a collection of already known folk stories from... All over the world, but mostly the North American area. And basically, it's a retelling of all of them. And um, told in a way that's creepy enough for children to feel scared, but not so scary that, like, it's going to scar them for life. It rides a very fine line. And this movie does the same thing. Um, It actually was really, really unexpectedly very good. Um, and so I just want to share it. it is streaming on Showtime right now and it was directed by Andre and I'm going to mispronounce his name because it's Norwegian and it's got one of those O's with the slashes in it. So I don't remember how you pronounce it, but Overdahl is what it looks like in English, but it's probably not pronounced that way. So I'm so sorry. Um, but he directed Troll Hunter and the Autopsy of Jane Doe, which are movies that a lot of horror fans are really into. Uh, it was written by, uh, I think, brothers Dan and Kevin Hagman. It actually doesn't say if they're brothers or maybe otherwise related. And it was produced by Guillermo del Toro, who I think came up with the original idea to transfer the stories in this these books to a movie. And the basic structure of the movie is on Halloween night in 1968, there's an aspiring young writer. Her name is Stella. Stella and her her and her misfit friends are kind of bullied by some Stephen King-ish bullies in the, like, neighborhood haunted house. And they stumble upon these stories written by this woman named Sarah who was accused years back of poisoning the children in the town. And the stories that they find magically have their names in it. And when you find a story with your name on it, you suffer that fate that's in the story. And so the different fates that happen to people come out of the stories of the, uh, the stories from the books. So I think it's like one of the best ways to relate these, this collection of stories. Also, it's a great, it's almost an anthology, but it's an interlinking plot. Um, So basically uh, they're trying to figure out how to stop everybody from suffering a horrible fate. A lot of people, they don't, it's a, it's, it's a family friendly movie enough. Like I would say it's kind of like it, like the first it, but with much more tamer language. Like nobody's getting cut on the stomach. They're not screaming expletives at the kids, but it's kind of that vibe. However, and there's like a haunted house. It's very much like that movie, but it's much more family friendly. Like kids could watch this. However, the thing I really liked about this is the illustrations in the Scary Stories Treasury books are probably my favorite part of the stories. They are so hauntingly beautiful. Um, Again, give you scary dreams, but not nightmares. Um, And they adapt some of the pictures just perfectly. Like the, 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 what do they call her? The um, pale lady looked exactly like the illustration. And it it didn't look like corny. Like she looked real. Um, But yeah, I I think it rides a line between genuinely scary and lighthearted and fun for kids. But there is kind of dark fates that happen to children. So it doesn't shy away from something bad happening to children. Which is Guillermo del Toro. 
producing. So he's like, yeah, why would you do that? There's not a whole, there's a bunch of young actors in it, so there's not a ton of actors that really have big names in it. But the one actor that did stand out was the guy that plays Stella's dad is Dean Norris, who was on Breaking Bad and a ton of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I liked it. I am such a snot when it comes to adapting my favorite books. And this was a book that like, I own them now, but like I used to borrow these books from the library and spend hours reading them. I just love them so much. Um, which is probably why I like scary things now. Um, and it was like one of those things my mom let me read those that she didn't care about those, but for, but because it was a book probably, but, uh, you know, wouldn't let me watch the Blair Witch Project, but that's okay. Um, yeah, I recommend it. I think it's really good. And, um, it's not like, I wouldn't say it's like brilliance, but it does take place on Halloween night and it is like. It's creepy, and I think if you want to watch something with, like, your older kids, it's appropriate enough, and it's... it The visuals are creepy. Like, there are some very creepy visuals. And I was doing this week's artwork while I was watching it, so I'm sure second watch I'll probably find more creepy stuff. Also, they do one of my fa- The creepiest stories, which is the spider one. You know what I'm talking about, right, Oh, Brooke? yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They do the spider one, they do the scarecrow one, and the pale lady... Oh, and the theme music is the Hearst song. Like, yeah. they they put that into the theme music. Like, it's not the only theme, but they put it in the music, which I was like, ooh, everybody knows this song. You all know that song. You know, the worms crawl in, the worms crawl. Yeah. Such a depressing song. They play Neko on your spout. They eat your yeah. eyes. They eat your nose. Yep. It's like Shel Silverstein, but so much darker. It's yeah. like these books. Shel Silverstein and these books were like... And there's a really good documentary that I think I mentioned on our Instagram last Halloween called Scary Stories. And it uh, Alvin Schwartz's son and several people that were involved in the writing of these books talk about its impact on them. And they're like... He ends up talking to someone who's trying to get the books banned from their children's school. Yeah. And they end up having, like, a really nice conversation at the end. But it's so interesting because, like, they were not banned from my Catholic school. Yeah. But they were banned from a lot of other schools. And so I always find – neither was Harry Potter. But there were a lot of schools near me that were banned. And, like, I always was like, why? Like, just don't read it. I don't know. Yeah. I love those – I loved those books when I was a kid, mm-hmm. too. And I think um, most quintessential creepy kids love those books. Um, and the oh, illustrations yeah. are phenomenal. And me and my brother, um, since me and my older brother are only a year apart, we read them, and then we would trade off the books, and then we would tell each other the stories from the books because we wanted to retell the stories yeah. in the books. Um, so I loved it. And um, I love... Uh, Harold was always mine and my brother's favorite, which is the one about the scarecrow. So um, it was really cool to see Harold on the big screen. I will say I was a little disappointed in that movie. I will be honest. Visually, it was on fucking point. It looked beautiful. I just wish, I guess, as this probably sounds like I'm being too much of a purist, I was really hoping for, like, short stories anthology is what I was hoping. Yeah, and I'm not as into anthology movies mm-hmm. so that's probably why i preferred the plot structure yeah aspect of it more the only thing i didn't like is towards the end they're like and we're going to 
like fix everything that happened in this movie and fix it and make everything right again. Like that's too corny. Yeah. Like I, but it's again, it's geared towards children, so you can't make it too too dark. Even though these are pretty dark stories, read the book for sure, or any of them. Read any of the books. Um, they're all good. They all have like unforgettable stories. But I will say, like the movie was is entertaining and it looks really cool. But yeah, it wasn't like, I wouldn't give it like a 9 out of 10. It's probably like a 6 out of 10 for me. But I think it's really nice yeah. and atmospheric. Definitely. And if you're babysitting your teenage nieces or nephews or cousins or whatever, and you're just like, I can't watch Halloween with them, but this one might be okay. And the kid actors are actually pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, but that was that was my first pick. It was a surprise pick for me. That's What's good. your next pick? Okay, it's funny because you it's true. So I was actually reading this article about how we don't really have a lot of horror movies aimed for children. And one of the things they mentioned first was that, you know, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark is officially a book that is, is tr- time again and again tried to get banned by parents because yeah. they don't want their children to be scared. And my kind of philosophy, a lot of people agree about it, Children need to be scared. It is something that happens. I don't want a child to piss their pants and fright, anything like that. But I think there is something very integral about horror movies that I think children should be introduced and not... So this is where we talk about animated films that are maybe they borderline on scary. But they're they're for children, but they have scary themes in them. And my second movie is actually that movie. It's one of my absolute favorites. Um, It's Paranorman. Um, Okay. Which, unfortunately, Paranorman was recently streaming on Netflix. They took it off. It's now a rental. So I'm so sorry this is not uh, quite streaming the same. Um, okay. But it is... I think you can probably find Paranorman most places for $10 on Blu-ray. I love it. I would recommend buying it myself. Um, But Paranorman is a 2012 stop-motion animated film produced by Laika Studios. Um, Shout out to Laika the Space Dog. I love Laika. Um, But they're known for Hmm. movies like Coraline. That's their biggest film. Uh, I love that movie. Yes, Coraline is their biggest. Uh, Everyone knows Coraline is a phenomenal film. Kubo and the Two Strings, The Box Trolls, and Missing Link. So, um, once again, like a kind of, they specialize in stop motion films. So, this particular one was directed by Chris Butler and Sam Fell, so two directors. Um, Sam directed and came up with the story for DreamWorks Flushed Away. If you guys remember that movie, I think it came out in 2007. And where is it streaming? On Netflix. Is it again on Netflix? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious if I could find it while you were doing. I just wanted to tell you it's okay, back on Netflix, you. y'all. Sorry, it's back on Netflix. I don't know how the hell it showed me. It wasn't. Thank you, Katie. I appreciate that. This is it why we need Netflix. a producer so they can yes. look. This up yes, while we're talking. Yes, but yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, um, so back on Netflix, renting it for three ninety nine or buying it. Um, but yeah, Sam directed came up with the story for DreamWorks Flush Away. That movie came out in like two thousand seven. Um, he provided voices for that movie. He also directed a tale of Despero, Despero uh, which was mm-hmm. the Universal's Pictures anime movie. Meanwhile, Chris Butler wrote Paranorman as well as Kubo and the Two Strings, and he also wrote and directed Miss- Missing Link. So Chris Butler has been heavily involved in Laika. So um, Chris came up with the idea when he realized most zombie films had social commentary, um, and he wanted to make a movie like that aimed for children that would also look mm-hmm. at the challenges children faced while they were growing up. 
Um, they were influenced, I thought this was really interesting, so they were influenced by John Carpenter, Sam Raimi, John Hughes, um, as they were by any other animator, but the actual camera work in the film is inspired by Evil Dead 2, because there's a lot of kinetic Ooh. camera work, so when you're watching Paranorman, guys, it's heavily inspired by Evil Dead 2, um, but... Despite this... Just for children. Just, this is for children, it is. It's a PG film. Um, <laughs> but despite this, Butler claimed that if you strip away the zombies and ghosts and monsters, there's just this very real emotional story about a kid just learning where he fits in. Um, this is a, a very emotional film. I cry Aww. every time I watch this one's ending. Um, there is a revelation. I will not spoil it for you guys. It is really good. Um, but the whole message of this film is not to judge a book by its cover. So it takes a lot of horror conventions and it turns them upside down. So uh, a lot of times you think you know where the story's going and it switches gears on you, which I really, really like. Because um, if it can keep me as an adult on my toes, I can only imagine as a child watching this movie and feeling the way you feel. Um, Man, those, those movies, those movies always make me upset though. Like kids movies are the ones that make me cry. Like I, I will never forget when I saw Lilo and Stitch in theaters Yeah, and she's singing the song. Oh, and then they're like, Oh, Hannah. And I'm just like, ah, yes. <laughs> terrible. But it good. Is. It's a great movie. It is. Watch it's Lilo a great movie. Oh God. Yeah. I, I think I tear up at that side. Oh, 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 it's a, it's a freaking the same song in Train in Busan. Um, uh, oh, oh. Yes, they sing uh, the oh, same song. Oh, 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 aloha, oh, yeah, aloha, oh, yes. Um, but I will say the film centers around 11-year-old Norman who can communicate with ghosts. So that's little Norman. He can communicate with ghosts. Um, he ends up on an adventure to end a 300-old witch's curse placed on his hometown. Um, oh, no. Yes. Uh, so, Cody Smith McPhee uh, plays Norman. Uh, he was the boy in the road. He was Owen and the American remake of Let the Right One In, Let Me In. Uh, and more recently, he was an alpha as well as playing Nightcrawler, who's my favorite X-Men, and X-Men Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix. Um, so, something I will warn you guys. This was really upsetting to me. Do not look up the voice cast for Paranorman until you've seen the movie because uh, there is a major spoiler revealed in the voice cast of this movie. And that really upsets me when you're looking up the information. Yeah, so don't don't look up the voice cast unless you want a major plot element that's not revealed into the latter half of the movie spoiled for you. Um, But there's a lot of different voice actors. So Bernard Hill, uh, Anna Kendrick, Christopher Mitz-Pence, Tucker Albreece, John Goods. John Goodman and Lane Stritch, uh, just to name a few. Um, but yeah, guys, this movie is great. Aww, and I I love Coraline, but I think this is the better film. And I think it gets overshadowed a lot by Coraline's success. And I love Coraline, but I think this movie has a greater message than Coraline's movie does. So, Aww. guys, see it. I love it. And uh, if you guys see it, reach out to me so we can talk about that ending for Paranorman. So... I didn't know it was stop motion, which makes me want to watch it more because I love stop motion stuff. I not that I love animated stuff too, but stop motion has such a warmth to, to it mm-hmm. and such an interesting movement. Obviously, because it's stop motion, um, and it's gotten so much better over the years. Oh so yeah, fluid. Like I like knowing that Coraline was stop motion. I was like, what the fuck? This movie looks fluid. Um, but that's a good one. I haven't. I have seen Coraline. I haven't seen Paranorman yet, though. Um, well, I'm, my second one's also kind of a children's themed one, um, but it was, 
honestly one of the absolute scariest movies I saw as a child. And, okay, so this one, I'm stretching a little bit for this one because um, it is, it was released as the Halloween movie for Disney Channel original movies that year. So I always, like, relate it with Halloween. It takes place on Halloween. It takes place in the fall, like the Halloween season. But technically, I don't think it actually takes place on Halloween, and I didn't get to rewatch it before I did this because I didn't have time. But I've seen it, like, probably 30 times in my life because I own it on Amazon Prime. But it is a movie that is streaming on Disney+. And if you haven't guessed already, it was, like, the first scary movie. Like, it actually... On Disney, they weren't allowed to play it before, I think, 9 o'clock because they didn't want, like, little kids to get scared because it honestly, genuinely is scary for a children's movie. It's called Don't Look Under the Bed. Love, Have you seen this movie, Britt? I feel like if I did, it must have been years ago because I don't really <gasps> remember anything about it. Oh, my God. It is, honestly, in my opinion, it's it and Under Wraps are the two I best made Disney Channel original movies, which I, I listed Under Wraps last year. That's definitely an honorable mention this year, but I talk about it on last year's episode. So, um, But yeah, Under Wraps too. But Under Wraps isn't streaming on Disney+. Plus. I thought it was finally, and they remade it this year, and I have not watched it. I don't know why you would remake Under Wraps because it's a perfect film, but you can rent Under Wraps on Amazon Prime. However, Don't Look Under the Bed is on uh, Disney+. Plus, and... I love this movie so much. Um, it was directed by Kenneth Johnson, who also directed Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century, which is another really solid, but definitely not as well acted, uh, Disney Channel original movie. He also directed parts of the TV series V, which was a uh, science fiction invasion movie uh, TV show that they actually tried to redo uh, like when I was in college and I remember watching the new series and it was genuinely creepy. It was basically like lizard people plotline. Um, but uh, it didn't really pan out. And he also wrote D3 The Mighty Ducks. So he oh. did a lot of television and a lot of like TV movies. Um, so don't look under the bed. It has kind of a silly concept, but I swear it's genuinely scary. Uh, a very responsible young lady named Frances who... Uh, skipped a bunch of grades so she's older than she's younger than everybody else but she's like one of those like she's basically like 14 going on 35 um she reluctantly accepts the help of this strange man named larry who's this he's he's a teenager too or he looks like a teenager um who tells her that he is an imaginary friend not her imaginary friend unimaginary friend mm. after she is framed for a series of pranks supposedly perpetrated by the quote-unquote boogeyman so the boogeyman is something everyone as a child was afraid of i know the boogeyman actually did scare me i always thought the boogeyman looked like the monster in the pool episode of are you afraid of the dark that was my boogeyman that is the most terrifying episode to this day of are you afraid of the dark but uh the boogeyman is actually very creepy in this movie he's he or she is very, very scary. And for, especially for a child, I think I was nine or 10 when this movie came out. So it genuinely scared me, but I couldn't get enough of it. It was so good. And, um, there's a couple scenes that aren't really scary, but it's mostly funny. Um, the character of Larry is like, because he's an imaginary friend, 
he can make anything happen. So, like, he'll be, like, walking upside down, and then Francis can see him, but nobody else can see him. So there's a bunch of stuff where, like, she's talking to him, and then everyone at school is like, Francis, you're crazy. And she's like, no, he's right here. Um, and uh, it, it's very interesting. So basically the, the lore of Don't Look Under the Bed is imaginary friends whose children give up, like, stop believing in them too early – turn into boogeymen because they weren't able to move on to another child because they their kid still needs them but they don't take care of so there's a whole lesson about growing up and growing up too fast because francis grew up too fast because her little brother had leukemia when he was younger and he survived but um he almost died and so she had to grow up really quickly as did her little brother and also, when this movie came out, one of my friends was dealing with cancer treatment. So maybe that's why I really got into this movie. I, I It really, it, it deals with a lot of really serious subject matter. Much like Under Wraps, where they deal with, like, the step-parent kind of relationship. This one deals with, like, what happens when a tragic thing happens to you in your childhood? And how do you hold on to childhood when you're forced to grow up too soon? And the magic of not making yourself like feel bad for being a child longer than you think is appropriate. Um, the, the acting is actually very top notch in this movie. Um, they have several veteran character actors in this Robin Riker and Steven Tobolowski, who both did a bunch of television, but Steven Tobolowski is the, Hey there guy from groundhog day. Um, Ned Ryerson. He's Ned Ryerson. That's yes. Um, they play the parents and they're very funny. Um, and the guy that plays Larry is, I had a huge crush on this actor as a child, uh, Ty Hodges. He played Larry Beal on Even Stevens, who was like Ren's rival. And also like he might maybe had a crush on her at some point. Um, so I already thought that guy was cute. And then he was playing this imaginary friend. And there's this whole thing where Francis thinks when she doesn't know he's an imaginary friend is like, are you like following me? Cause he's like showing up all over the place and he's like you can see me and stuff and like he just like absolutely embraces the absurdity of his role and just has the best time um and aaron chambers who plays francis is super convincing as this no-nonsense girl who's just forced to grow up too soon and both of them are still acting i'm happy to report like i look them both up and they're both either doing television ty hodges seems to be producing his own stuff now which i think is really cool um and there, there's a tiny spoiler, but I won't say why or how this happens, but I didn't know this until recently. But there is a small kiss shared by Francis and Larry. And again, it's a Disney Channel original movie, and they're like 14 to 16, I think their character is supposed to be. Um, so, like, it's not, it's pretty innocent. But when they wrote the script, the character of Larry was, like, completely racially neutral. Like, they didn't care what race the person was. They just were like, whoever's the best for the job. And the guy that that plays Larry, Ty Hodges, is black. And Francis is white. And apparently, the director was like, cool, kiss scene, awesome. But apparently, the Disney producers were, uh, how did they put it? Uh, some of the producers were, quote unquote, concerned about an interracial kiss happening. Specifically, a black boy kissing a white girl. And this was, like, in the late... This is in 1999, guys. So this wasn't, like, 
1965. Yeah. And they discussed taking it out completely, which would take a really sweet moment away from the movie. Like, it's, it's, it's an appropriate sweet moment. Um, and I won't spoil, like, why they kiss or anything like that. Um, but eventually they did allow it to happen. But I think what I read on Wikipedia is they maybe even went so far as to, like, film different versions of it. Wow. Of that scene with and without the kiss. And I was just like, one, okay, again, Star Trek had an interracial kiss in the 60s. Get the fuck over it, Disney. But two, Larry, the guy, I keep calling him Larry because he played two characters named Larry. But Ty Hodges was, like, an established Disney Channel actor. And his character on Even Stevens had, like, a jealous crush on Ren, who was white as well. Why Why was it a problem in this movie? I don't think he and Ren ever kissed, but I was just like, wow, Disney, that's... I mean, I'm not surprised, but I thought that was interesting that that was actually a problem, because I, I do think, like I said, I had a huge crush on Ty Hodges. He was a very cute... He's still very cute, but, um, like, when I was a little girl, I was like, he's so pretty. Like, he's such a pretty man, and he's so funny. Um, and anyways, it's a great movie. It, it genuinely gets creepy and it has a lot of very important themes that I think a lot of kids movies shy away from. Like they always do like the dead mom trope and they think they're being like sincere about it. But like somebody dealing with your sibling having a life threatening illness and surviving, but still having to deal with the possibility of death and what that does to your childhood psyche. It basically for some people, kills your childhood. So, it's a great movie. It's yeah. a great movie. It has many layers. Uh, definitely check it out. Again, it's a decom, but it and Under Wraps are both... They're my two favorite Disney Channel original movies. They're the best made ones. They have the best casts and the best writing of all of the ones that I've seen. Maybe Color of Friendship is probably the third best. So, maybe I guess they got over interracial stuff by Color of Friendship. I don't know. They didn't kiss, though. They were just friends. Yeah. I'm sorry. That, I was like, are you kidding me? He's, like, the cutest boy. Who the fuck cares what race he is? You know Anyways. what? But I think I Ooh. will say this. In a teenager or a preteen show, I think Ginger Foutley kissing Darren on As Told by Ginger is the first interracial kiss I remember seeing as a kid. And that was an anime watch show. Don't Look Under the Bed. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Real life interracial kissing. I'm sorry. It's like, but to you- me... It's you know, not a surprise, I guess. You know what? It's, it's, it's cool, though, because what used to be like, whoa, that's different, it's now like, you know, that's normal. It's just two people kissing. Yeah. I like, I like that my like my nephew's generation, they don't even think anything of it anymore, which is really, yes. really cool. Because our generation nice. is kind of like we got used to it, and their generation is like finally just better. Like every generation yes. I think gets a little bit better. About yes. the bullshit. But anyways, I love this movie. Um, obviously, I own it, and uh, it's great. And I'm I I hope they don't try to remake this one like they tried to remake Under Wraps because I saw the the trailer for the new Under Wraps. It looked terrible. So uh, just don't understand why you can't just put it on Disney Plus. Disney, you finally put Pepper Ann on there, but you can't do that. What the hell? Anyways, what's your next movie, Brett? Yeah, so uh, my third and final of my my pick picks. Um, So this movie I saw with my mom when I was very little. And I remember uh, feeling really emotional watching it as a child. And so I was thinking when we started talking about movies that take place on Halloween or have scenes on Halloween, I followed this movie again. And it's actually streaming on Cinemax. 
Um, so I actually cool. rewatched it with my mom last night, and I am surprised. I think I saw this movie when I was seven or eight, and there's so many scenes that vividly I remembered. I was like, that's like how I remembered it. That's how like I remembered oh, it. Cool. But it's a movie called Lady in White. Um, it is a 1988 American supernatural mystery film. Uh, get this, it was directed, produced, written, and scored by Frank Lalogia. Um, so yeah. Uh, oh Frank, yeah, yeah. Frank like yeah, did everything. Yeah, that is. He also uh, he also uh, played. He also was an actor in this film as well. So he did everything. Um, oh my so, god. Yes. So um, it was released in 1988, but despite positive reviews, it was a box office bomb. Um, however, it did later Aww. gain status as a cult film, much like Donnie Darko when it was released on VHS. And that's when I saw it with my mom as a child was on VHS. Um, so she loves this film. Um, and if it wasn't for her, um, and for her being like, yeah, that's Lady in White. Because I think um, probably a couple of years ago, I was like, Mom, I remember this movie with this little boy who gets strangled. And she's like, yeah, that's Lady in White. And I was like, cool. if it wasn't for my mom telling me the title of that movie, I honestly would have thought I dreamed this up in a fever dream. Dreamed because I hear, I hear no one talk about it. No one mention it. Like, I honest to God, like, would have thought I made it- this film up. I've actually, it came up on a couple lists I checked out of, like, movies to watch. But, like, it was very, like, sparse. Yeah. But I saw it a couple times. That's awesome. I just awesome. haven't watched it yet. Well, what's interesting, if you look up Lady in White, like, if you Google, it brings up maybe a wiki, IMBD, some Rotten Tomato page for this movie. But then it dissolves into various Lady in White urban legends from across the country, um, of which one did inspire Ooh. this movie. So this movie was partially inspired by urban legend. Um, and this movie was filmed in New York, where it also takes place. And they tried to actually film in places where they were that were popular sightings for their their legend of the White Lady. So it does have this very Ooh. it's very atmospheric, it's very beautiful. Like the cinematography in this movie is still gorgeous. So the movie takes place in 1960s, specifically 1962. Um, and the beginning of the movie takes place on Halloween. So uh, in 1962 is the year my dad was born. Um, which I always like to think of. Um, but so nine-year-old Frankie is trick, and he's locked inside his classroom's coat closet by some classmates on Halloween night. And late in the night, he witnesses the ghost of a little girl his age being murdered. And so, Ooh. yeah, so he sees this. So I, I will give it's a like trigger. It's like the changeling all over again. Yeah, I will give a trigger <sighs> warning because it is pretty upsetting. So he sees this little girl's ghost being murdered. And so, and later himself, he is attacked in the closet by an assailant. And in a near-death state, he meets the little girl who asks for his help. And so, he survives the attack. And then the movie is him trying to figure out the mystery of who killed the little girl. Because it ends up that mm. there's, a, there's a serial killer of children that's been doing this for years. Oh, shit. Yeah, and he was the one, he was the first one to survive. So that's so interesting. Yeah. So that's that's interesting too because the lady in white is such a, it is like a story. Yeah. Like it's uh it's an urban legend. There is a series of children's books I used to read as a kid, and I have them on tape. Uh, I have all of them. Uh, the nine ten eleven books. That's her name. It's the character's name. Her name is Nina ten eleven. Is oh. her last name, but her nickname's nine because it's nine ten eleven. Ha ha ha. Um. But the first book takes place in a theater, 
And her and her new best friend, Chris, audition for a new musical called The Lady in White. And it's about the ghost of the actual theater they're playing, about this woman who was murdered, like, 20, 30 years beforehand, and about how her ghost still haunts the theater. And it's a new musical, and they both are in the choir, and they're like, like me, like they were theater kids, and they're, they're doing a musical, and they both see the lady in white, the actual ghost, oh, and wow. no one else sees her. So they try to figure out her real-life murder mystery to help her, like, be at peace. That's the first book. That, like, so the lady in white always reminds me, like, how many stories there are of women in white and how that's, like, almost an innocent ghost, but it sounds like maybe it's more of a terrifying ghost in this movie. Oh, so uh, there is, so this movie also um, kind of tricks you into thinking that there may be, it's one direction it's going, and it's actually mm. another direction, um, which is mm. which is cool, um, and I hate to spoil it for you, but me and my mom were talking about some of the pros and cons of this movie, and one of the pros was that it kind of does, it, it, it it's, it's smart, like the script is good, and the acting I love the acting in this movie. And one of the things, this is very minor, but the men in this movie show so much emotion towards each other. So, obviously, there's Frankie, who's just a child. But, like, his dad's always, like, holding him and, like, kissing the side of his face. And, like, his dad breaks down crying to his other male friend. And he, like, hugs him and stuff. And it's, like, really nice to see this, like, emotion between men. And granted, the family is, like, Italian because the parents, the grandparents, Frankie's grandparents are Italian. They're, like, the the comedic relief. But, Mm -hmm. like, his friend is, like, I I don't think Italian. I think it's, like, American born and bred. But he's still, like, a very emotional person who's also, like, hugging his friend and stuff. And I really like that. Um, The only thing is, is that this movie's special effects did not age very well. Um, So it it is kind of funny. (laughs) But I think the storytelling and I think the acting outweighs that con. Um, but you know me. I love a good ghost story. Um, and I yeah. I thought, I mean, and then we have Lucas Haas. So Lucas Haas was like nine years old and he was playing Frankie. Um, and so he's very likable. He's a very likable child actor. Um, but we have uh, Lynn Carew. Um, am I pronouncing <gasps> yes? Sweeney Todd. Yes, Sweeney, Sweeney Todd. Todd. Sweeney Todd's in this movie. He was he was with Angel Lansbury. He was Angel Lansbury. Sweeney Todd. Okay, yes. So he's he really was, good. He was the he was the OBC so and he won the Tony Award for that too. Um, he also he's plays so creepy. Henry, I love him. He plays Henry Reagan, the patriarch on my mom's favorite show, Blue Blood. So he's still doing his thing. <gasps> yeah. I didn't know Lynn Carew was still acting. Yes. I love him. He is. Oh, and my he's God. in this movie. He's one of the lead characters in this movie. And he's Ooh. really, really good in this movie. Probably because they filmed in New York and he was taking a break from Sweeney Todd. And they were like, you want to film a movie and not have to move out of New York? Yeah. I, I think it was. So Sweeney Todd was in the late 70s and this was in the late 80s. So was he still doing Sweeney Todd at that point? I don't know. I'm not sure how long Sweeney Todd ran. It was really popular. Though, it was. So I'm sure it I just ran don't know if he years. was like if he was like the main Sweeney for like ten years or not. Um, I know someone else took over it because I think the the recorded one is a different. I feel like there's a different actor. Yeah. As him. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. So yeah, he's in this movie. He's really good. He is doing his thing. He's I'm on Blue Bloods up. every episode. 
Um, but we also have Al- Al- Alex Rocco plays Frankie's dad, Angelo. So he was Mo Green in The Godfather. Uh, spoiler for The Godfather, he's the one that gets shot in the eye during the massage, if you guys need a reminder. Uh, but later in life, he did a lot of voiceover work as well. Uh, we also got Catherine Hellman, who was on Soap. Uh, she was Mona Robinson on Who's the Boss? And uh, to younger generations, she was also Lizzie in the Cars movie. So there's quite a few really great actors oh, in this okay. movie. Um, and they carry the weight of the film beautifully. And it's just one of those movies, I wish more people saw it because it is a good movie. Like I said... Not the best special effects nowadays, but once again, another fucking movie that, like, I was still tearing up at the end of this one, too. I was like, do I always have to cry? Do I always have to cry a movie to like it? Possibly. Well, it's because, well, maybe. I will say, so, Len Carew Mm -hmm. was the original Broadway uh, Sweeney Todd, but the other man who did the first national tour cast which i think is what they actually taped was george hearn who also is amazing um but angela lansbury was mrs lovett in both of those casts mm-hmm. also victor garber was the original anthony ah by the way nice that movie sounds really good though where is it streaming again it is on cinemax right now so i okay. i will admit I guys i don't have cinemax i had to do the seven day free trial too much <laughs> so that's okay yeah you can do it. Just make sure you cancel it after yes. six days if you don't want to continue it. Um, but that's cool. It sounds very similar to The Changeling, which I'm here for because I loved The Changeling. It was such I a good did movie. Too. Um, so my last CD originally was going to be Poltergeist, which is, by the way, streaming on HBO Max and is amazing. Directed by Toby Hooper, who did Texas Chainsaw Massacre and written by Steven Spielberg. But... Uh, so I had seen it a couple times, but it had been a while, and I looked up on these lists of, like, because, of course, there were other movies I wanted to pick, but we'd already done them, so I was like, okay, like, what takes place on Halloween that I've seen, and, like, would be a good one, and it was on the list of movies that take place on Halloween, and they're like, it's just one scene, but they, trick-or-treaters come to the door when crazy stuff is going on, and I rewatched the movie. Now, I was scrubbing through it because I didn't have a whole lot of time, but I could not find that scene. So I'm not going to put it as my official pick, but I will mention it as an honorable mention. Okay. But, like, I went through that movie, and I'm like, I don't know if it's in the second one, but I do not, I could not find that scene. And it maybe it exists, but I even went on YouTube and was like, trick-or-treat scene on Poltergeist, nothing came up. So I'm going to say whoever made that list, I won't say names, uh, was misinformed. Or they just really wanted to include it because they couldn't find the ones they want. Um But there's a movie that I was talking with um, a friend from college, Alexis, at my other friend's uh, baby's birthday party. And she, we were talking about the podcast, and she also is an actor. She uh, went to Montevallo as well, and she was like, oh, have you seen this movie? And did you know a guy from uh, Alabama who I went to high school with? is the main villain in this movie and i had heard of this movie and everyone was it's always on lists and it's always showing up and it is a very creepy imagery but i'd never actually seen it and the movie is called terrifier which is on imdb tv plus uh, or on prime it's been on netflix it's been on shutter i think um written and directed by damien leone and it's basically an expansion of a, an original character called Art the Clown, 
who showed up in an anthology movie called All Hallows' Eve, which also takes place on Halloween, so I haven't watched that one, but maybe watch that one too. Um, But basically, it's a pretty generic slasher film about this uh, Art the Clown, who is played by an Alabama native named David Howard Thornton, Thornton, um, who went to high school with my friend. I was like, that's cool. Um, He's a clown, and... He is a murderous clown, and he terrorizes this small town um, on Halloween night. And so there's a bunch of, like, Halloween decorations. Uh, the, there are two two girls originally that he fixates on named Tara and Dawn, and they're both leaving a Halloween party, so they're in their Halloween costumes. And then uh, Tara's little sister, Victoria, comes to pick them up when their attire goes flat, and she also gets fixated upon by this guy, too. Um... I was, like, I was, like, very, like, iffy on this movie because I was, like, what is this going to be? I will say it is a classic, like, indie slasher in that uh, not a big cast. Um, but, and, like, and the beginning I was a little bit, like, oh, no, what is this? Because, like, it starts out kind of eh, but as the movie goes on, the performances get better. And, um... It does not shy away from the gore. It, it's got like a basic plot. It's not anything to surprise you about, but it would. It is like a a new look on the classic slasher, and I found it much more interesting than watching like the sixth Friday the Thirteenth movie, like because honestly, the guy Art the clown, the guy who plays him, is genuinely creepy, like genuinely creepy. And, like, he, he he apparently has mime experience, so he kind of used that in his character. So he never talks, but he's just terrifying the whole time. And he's got, like, this creepy smile. And the kills are really inventive. Like, this isn't really a spoiler, but one of the first kills, he chops the guy's head off, hollows it out, and carves jack-o'-lantern features on the face and puts a candle inside his face. So when somebody discovers it, it looks like a jack-o'-lantern, but it's a face. But they're really good effects. And there's one specific scene. It's a bit of a spoiler, but I won't say who this happens to. He literally saws someone in half from their privates down to their face and they show just enough to make you feel sick and like honestly i got super scared just talking about it like ugh. like the the special effects are really good they look very realistic and i think that's where most of the budget and effort went to um but like it's a nice little like it's a good slasher and i i honestly thought like the special effects were so good um, so it's not like, it's not like behind the mask where it's like funny though. Like it's, it's definitely like not taking itself too seriously, but it's supposed to be a slasher. So if you want to watch a slasher that takes place on Halloween that isn't Halloween, I highly recommend this movie. Um, it is, uh, streaming on IMDb TV. It, you do have to watch commercials, um, to watch it, but it is on there. And honestly, if you like lots and lots of gore, but a little and a little bit of story. This is the movie for you, which I don't tend to like gore porn. I wouldn't call this gore porn because the, the gore is spread out in the movie. Like it's not like one right after the other. But when it does happen, it is really, really uh, interesting and well done. And like it, it really makes you like think, oh, is this really happening to somebody? Which doesn't usually happen in horror movies for me because usually they cut away so much that you're like, oh. But I feel like they really had a prosthetic butt that they 
<laughs> that sounds terrible. They sawed through on this person. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't shy away. And I gotta say, the actresses in this movie were pretty fearless. Um, and it's got a good... I mean, it's kind of one of those movies where the ending isn't exactly hopeful. But um, it's interesting, at least. And it's definitely not... I wouldn't say it's original. But it's it's just, like, a different twist on a story that we're all familiar with. And what's the title and of this one? a second... Terrifier. Terrifier. Okay. Yes. Like terrified, but with an R at the end. Ah. Yeah. So it's, I mean, I'd never seen it before and I was genuinely like, oh, okay. But I wouldn't say, again, this is not, none of, we already did all my movies that are like nine out of tens that take place on Halloween because we jumped the gun last year and did, uh, oh, because the changeling also takes place on Halloween mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. As does Behind the Mask. Yeah, we did a bunch of other movies. So I guess with that, we can get into our bonus movies. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if you would well, like to begin, or if I would like to begin, or you go to ahead because I just talked. So, so. Uh, once again, we did do episode on the week before last, but Trick or Treat is a Halloween film. So if you guys somehow miss Trick yes. or Treat, it is an anthology film. It takes place on Halloween and it's streaming on HBO Max. Uh, the other option, the other. Honorable mention, I have. Uh, my nephew is named Draven, after Eric Draven, who, of course, is the lead character of The Crow. The Crow takes place partially on Halloween. Yeah. It is currently streaming on Pluto TV. So Awesome. Yes. Uh, the first one, which is streaming on nothing that I have, but it is streaming on Magnolia Selects and Monsters and Nightmares on Prime channels, is Murder Party! Yay! Murder Party! We love Murder Party! Yes. It's so good! I, I almost wish we hadn't jumped the gun on it, but it was so good and so fun to do um, last year. Um, but written and directed by Jeremy Saulnier. Um, and if you want to know anything else about it, we did a whole episode on it. Uh, episode 13, rated M for Melting Werewolves and Mayhem. So definitely check that episode out. It is great. Jeremy Saulnier is such a good director. Love him. Oh, what other ones did you get? Okay, so um, shout out to our friend Jake, uh, who, of course, uh, was the writer and director for Clay Zombies, who was a guest a couple weeks ago. Uh, this one's not available to stream, but it's available to rent. We got Ernest Scared Stupid. So, yes. <laughs> so Jake, I thought about you. Um, but uh, so, yeah, Ernest Scared Stupid is available to rent again. Um, we also uh, have a Another one that we did episode on this particular movie that also takes place the climax is on Halloween, which is the guest. Which we didn't know. Yeah, the guest. Yeah, we didn't know when we started doing it. And then we were like, "This takes place on Halloween," yes. and then the artwork ended up being a pumpkin. Yes, of all things, of so, all things, because it was the best scene. It, it, oh, yes, that's a great movie. It's, it's fun. It's fun. Ooh. It's fun as hell. I actually watched that one with my mom, my brother, and my husband, and everyone enjoyed it uh it's it's currently on tubi tv so it is streaming on tubi tv right now yay yeah. go watch the guest that was a good movie yeah that we did another episode on that one as well so check that episode out um so two more that i have uh, i already said under wrap so it, it, go buy it on amazon prime so i won't count that as one of my two but arsenic and old lace takes place on halloween and I haven't, I haven't gotten to watch it in a really long time because I own it on VHS and it's packed away somewhere. Uh, but it's a Cary Grant movie. It's also got Peter Lore in it. Arsenic and Old Lace is this guy who grew up with his um, elderly aunts, uh, basically discovers they've been, like, murdering people, like, mercy-killing men for years and burying them in their basement. And it's fucking amazing. 
Um, and it's got, like I said, it's got Cary Grant in it, and it's also got Peter Lore, who was, like, a bit part in so many, so many great movies. Um, and it's a, it's a comedy, and it's an older movie. It was in 1944, but, um, it was based on a play, and it's very funny. And there's a man who thinks he's Teddy Roosevelt in the entire movie, and that's my friend Kat got me to watch this movie because I'd heard of it and I'd never actually watched it. And she was like, no, you have to watch this movie. And she got me to watch it. And I was like, oh my God, it's so fucking great. It's great. I haven't, again, I haven't watched it in a really long time, but it does actually take place on Halloween. So it's, if you want to watch something with like your, your mom or your grandma and you want something a little bit older, like definitely watch this one. I don't know if there's anything questionable in it anymore because it's been such a long time since I watched it, but I, I was trying to find it on streaming and I couldn't. So uh, I think you can rent it on Amazon prime or buy it. But it's not streaming right now on anything. So um, the other, the last one I have is Halloween 3 Season of the Witch, which I own, but is streaming on AMC Plus right now. And I mean, I guess we could say all the Halloween movies. Yes. Yep. But this one specifically is so Halloween themed because the whole plot is this doctor is trying to stop a conspiracy involving Silver Shamrock Halloween masks and a coven of world order witches and uh it, the deadline is on halloween night and um it was directed not by john carpenter by a man named tommy lee wallace and written partially by john carpenter but it totally bombed because it was the first halloween movie that didn't involve michael myers and originally they were gonna do an anthology series and have different stories but then people loved michael myers so much that they just had to keep bringing him back so john carpenter was kind of disappointed because he didn't want to i think he was just like i want to do other stuff too can we do something slightly different but like keep it halloween which honestly i wish they had because wouldn't it be cool to have an anthology movie like every couple of years a different quote-unquote halloween horror movie but it was just a different like story every time yeah not that i don't like michael myers but we just have the same story being told over and over again they just keep remaking it yeah you know but anyways season of the witch is like very stemmed in horror and it has nothing to do almost nothing to do with the first two movies um but it kind of influences some of the bad remakes or the sequels because there's like a whole cult thing in one of the sequels yep. with michael myers and it's terrible it's a terrible subplot um but i think they got the idea from the third movie but it's great and it's very uh it's it, it's very atmospheric when it comes to like halloween like everybody's in halloween costumes and it's great i like it yeah honestly and my i had a friend who i watched this with and they cannot stand you singing the silver shamrock song because it scared the shit out of them and I jokingly was going to buy them a silver shamrock mask for Halloween. And they're like, I will not put that thing on. I was like, okay. Like, <laughs> okay. But it's a great little jingle. Happy, happy Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Yes. Happy, happy Halloween, silver shamrock. Yeah, don't put on a silver shamrock mask, guys. They do have them on, Am- on Prime, on Amazon, though. That's awesome. If you really want to wear one. Yeah, I was about uh, to say. Did you have any other ones? Oh, God, yeah, I have a lot. Um, I'm that person. Oh, good. I'm- I kind of stopped because I didn't want to be, like, I didn't have a ton that took place on halloween but i actually had the monster squad i loved the monster squad when i was a kid oh yeah i love frankenstein uh he was my favorite when i was little um so monster squad's on pluto tv uh it is a classic horror film like well it's not even it's like more of like a horror comedy 
And I would say it's definitely more comedic than scary. But it came out in the 1980s, I believe. Um, and I think you can. I, it's been a hot minute since I've watched it. But I knew I was watching it as a kid. And I know it's about a group of kids. Uh, so I think I think you guys could watch right? it. I think people with children can watch it. I um, think there's a lot of adult language by the children. Yeah. From what I remember. So if that triggers you maybe don't do that maybe but maybe if you, if you don't care yourself. yeah maybe if you yeah yourself. maybe watch it before you let your kids watch it yeah but other than that it's pretty tame yeah i think it's pretty tame by today's standards um mm-hmm. i also have scream i mean it's a given but it's a classic yes. you gotta watch scream um the original one yeah um it's phenomenal i love scream 2 as well scream 2 was scream 2 stupid yeah like that sounds mean. It's kind of stupid, but I love it. I don't know. I used to it used to be on reruns a lot around Halloween, and so I think I watched that one more than I've watched the first one. Surprisingly, yes. And I, to be honest, I I think even as a kid watching the Scream series, I didn't really like part two, part three. I'll still watch them. And I mean, they're not like. They're not unbearable. Like, it, they're definitely watchable, but the original was just so damn good. It's hard to... Oh, yeah. It's way better. Oh, it's so good. Scream 2 is like... If we're going to say that, I will also say this is not really Halloween, but recently this came up on TikTok, and our friend Dalton, I sent them a funny video about this movie, and they had no idea what this movie was, and I was so like... I was like, oh my gosh, you have to see this movie! It's called Fear... Starring Mark Wahlberg and Reese Witherspoon. Uh, it is a movie about gaslighting, but at one point there's one scene where Mark Wahlberg tries to be scary, and I laughed so hard. I kept rewinding and rewatching that one second because it was like the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. But it's also really terrifying in some parts too about what's going on. So definitely add fear because that, I mean, it's it's not really a Halloween movie, but it's spooky. Yeah. I get that. So this is where, this is to my next two mentions. It's really funny. So I was telling two of my coworkers about this list and then my mother. And all three of them said this movie, which I love this movie. It's a phenomenal movie. It's a classic. But they brought up E.T. Because. Okay. There's, well, I, I, have, have you watched E.T. recently? Not in a long time. I'm not really wanting to watch it on streaming because they keep re-editing it. And uh-huh. I'm like, oh, no. So, but it did scare me as a child. It made me really sad at the end. Like, it scared me when he was in the plastic bubble. Yes. That, did not like that. That scared me, too. So, this E.T.'s on Peacock, but there is slight spoiler alert, guys. But hopefully you guys have seen E.T. It's a classic. But they decide on Halloween, they're like, they can't take E.T. out of the house any other time because he's an alien, obviously. So, they put, a ghost yeah. sheet, they put a ghost sheet over him, and they pretend it's their younger sister, Gertie. So, he's just walking yeah. with the two boys down the street. And it's so cute because he's... Kind of has a waddle, but he walks by a Yoda. He's like, "Ugh!" Like he points to the Yoda because mm-hmm. obviously Yoda looks like an alien too. Um, so I yeah. was like, I instantly knew as soon as they said that. I was like, "Oh, I know exactly what scene you guys are talking about." So it's adorable. Okay, I have to also say one that I wrote down and then didn't. But to me, it's a Halloween movie because the first time I ever saw this amazing movie was on Halloween, and it was very special because my parents were like you're finally old enough to watch this movie. And it's it's a classic. It's Psycho. Oh, yeah. I love Psycho. It's the original. I didn't know what the, what, if there was any twist or what the twist was. And when it happened, it blew my little 10-year-old brain. I also like Rear Window and The Birds, but I feel like 
Psycho is so good. And um, Anthony... Uh, Perkins. Anthony Perkins. Per- Perkins is so good. And there are subsequent Psycho movies that are also... But I don't know. It just feels very Halloween-y to me. Because that's the first time I watched it. That and Rocky Horror, also the first time I watched it, was on Halloween. Which doesn't play, take place on Halloween, but it seems like a Halloween movie because everyone's in costume the whole time because they're for that party. Yeah. And also they're just, it's just a dressy house, y'all. Um, but that's also like, those are two movies that I watch on Halloween, but they're not technically Halloween movies, I guess. No, but I get it. It's like the spirit is there. The spirit of Halloween lives in those yeah. movies. And I love Psycho too. I saw, that's the other one I saw as a child. Uh, I, I will say this. So in retrospect, it's really funny. So a couple years ago, um, like the night before Halloween, they were playing Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were playing Alabama. They were playing Psycho at the Alabama, which is this beautiful theater uh, a little bit away from where we live at. And uh, they had the Alabama Symphony performing the score of Psycho live with the movie. And it was a phenomenal experience. But my husband, uh, he had only seen... So, Bates Motel was still airing new episodes. So, Bates Motel had not ended at this point. But he has seen the first couple seasons. Oh, no. of ba- Yeah. So, he has seen the first couple seasons of Bates Motel. <laughs> and the whole time, he kept whispering to me. He goes, where's Norma? Where's Norma? He just kept... Because he, he had no idea. <laughs> and I was like, just watch the movie. Just watch the movie. So, um... That's very, so very funny. cute. That's adorable. Yeah, it's Honestly, really cute. that's adorable, Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if this one was on your list, but Hocus Pocus also takes place on Halloween that's night. True. Which isn't really scary, but, like, uh, like you look at Halloween Town, you look at Hocus Pocus, and you're like, yeah, Hocus Pocus is definitely the more quality film. Yeah. Hocus Pocus is on Disney+. Plus. Like, Hocus Pocus is kind of scary. The beginning? Yeah. With Bakery and Emily? Oh, my God. I it's so sad. I was like, what the? and then he's like, he's like meowing, and his own parents are like, get get away, beast! And you're like, it's your child, you ass hat. Anyways, it is really really um, upsetting. Well, it hocus is. pocus. It is. It's not really scary. Like I know we're mentioning things that aren't horror, but you know, sometimes you gotta cleanse your palate a little bit. No, you do, you do. Um, which is. Really funny because my coworker at work also brought up uh, this movie. So he was like, "So it, it has to have a scene that has takes place during Halloween." I was like, "Well, yeah, that's the rule." And then he goes, "Well, back to school with Rodney Dangerfield." And so my mom's like, "I can back." Oh my she, uh, my mom even said, "That's a funny movie," and I can back it up because there is a costume party in that movie. Now, guys, I'll be All honest. Right. I haven't seen this one. Um, I haven't seen any Ronnie Dangerfield's movies that wasn't Rover Dangerfield because I love Rover Dangerfield. <laughs> I did watch Rover Dangerfield yeah, as a child. I loved it. I think I have seen that one, but I don't remember it at all. It is streaming on like, Showtime. Like, I don't remember Back to School. Yeah, it is on Showtime right now. So, If you want to watch some bad Halloween movies, R- Trick or Treat takes place on Halloween it's definitely not as good as Trick or Treat, but it is, like, a 80s rock version of, like, a horror movie. Um, and it has Ozzy Osbourne and Alice Cooper as supporting roles, which is great. And there's a movie called Hack-O-Lantern, which uh, Red Letter Media covered. And, like, there's a whole scene that's, like, at a costume party. And, um, it's, it's like one of those, like, the, the, there's a guy who literally was in Blade Runner who plays the grandfather, 
And it's basically like this grandfather is the head of a satanic cult. And he rapes his daughter on her wedding day. And her incest baby is like struggling with, do I become a Satanist like my grandfather or not like my mom? And he doesn't know he's an incest baby either. He thinks he's his dad's child. Um, And like, there's like, anyways, it's just really corny. And it was, it was made during like satanic panic. So like being a Satanist then was like, you're killing babies and stuff. And, but it's really bad and it's ridiculous. Um, But that's one that's like not good. But if you just want to watch a really shitty one, I have seen it pop up on streaming services i think on amazon prime or maybe shutter yeah um because sometimes they do have those like really old like 80s ones but red letter media covered it and i haven't watched all of it but it looks pretty hilarious but it's not good which is why it didn't make like our list list yes yes it didn't make the list list well i did have just a few other ones so i'm reaching the end um so i have monster's house uh and i i really the only reason that paranorman uh kind of inched out monster house was even though monster house is a really great film it's a really great animated film i'm not in love with the animation for monster house it's bearable it's not awful but it's not my favorite style of animation (laughs) but the the story is really really good it's another story that's surprisingly touching uh for being a children movie uh children's movie uh that happens to be scary um, so it's on Netflix. Um, I do recommend it. I think it's one of those ones that usually somehow gets put on Nickelodeon around this time of year. So if you guys don't have Netflix, mm-hmm. but you somehow have Nickelodeon, you may be able to catch it there. Um, it might even be on like Freeform for the 31 Days of Halloween. Yeah. They usually do that. You're right. So. I think I have seen it on that list. So you're right. That may be on there. Mm-hmm. Um, my next one, I actually almost, I came very, very close to picking it as one of my three. Um, but I didn't. The only reason I didn't is because uh, I just don't know. It's like it's been a hot minute since I've seen it. And I just kind of really wanted to see Lady in White more. <laughs> Um, but Night of the De- right. Night of the Demons is on Shutter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had saw that one when I was a very little kid because uh, I basically remember a demon in white just like floating down this hall. That's the main see- scene I remember. Which is another so bad it's good movie. Yeah, yeah. And my brother even was like, "Oh yeah," he's like, "Yeah," because I told him I was like, "Is this Night of the Demons I'm remembering?" And he's like, "Yes, it is." And he's like, "I just watched that." A month ago, and I still really liked it. It was a lot of fun. And so, like, so I had to mention that one. It's on Shudder, so it is streaming on Shudder. Um, we have The Changeling, which is one of my favorite horror movies ever. It's a ghost story. We did it last year uh, for the podcast. It's mm-hmm. on Tubi. Uh, so The Changeling's on Tubi. Um, the next one is actually one I'm planning to watch this week. It is not a horror movie it's not a scary movie it is an animated limited series called over the garden wall i've heard really good things about it and i've always wanted to watch it so i think it's six episodes 10 minutes each so it's a limited series it's on hbo max originally premiered on cartoon network Uh, another one that i haven't seen since i was a child but i really really like but i don't know if i can find it anywhere is the halloween tree which was a ray bradbury story um, that's an animated film that's phenomenal. I just can't find it, I don't think. I don't know if it's streaming now. But the last one I wanted to mention because, hey, Stephanie, I know you're out there. Stephanie uh, had mentioned 31, which is a Rob Zombie movie, uh, also takes place on Halloween. And she said it is kind of like a battle royale 
type film a little bit. She's like, it's not for everybody. It's very, very uh, much like the old school Grindhouse films. Um, but she's like, it does take place on Halloween. You guys can add it to your list. And I looked it up, and it's on Tubi as well. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I think I think we, we listed enough movies that... You probably could watch one a day for 31 days for the month of October. I feel like we listed a lot of movies. About 28 to 30. Wow. So. Wow. So next year, we we toyed with doing something on TikTok where we got on and, like, listed stuff. And I actually wrote down lists, but then the month got away from us and we couldn't figure out, like, our schedule for it. So if you guys want us to do that, let us know because like we can get on and t- especially movies that do not fit Grindhouse Girls, like you know they're not scary but they're good, or you just need something to get in the mood for something. Like we can totally do that. We can just give you like a three minute like, hey, check out these movies, guys. Anyways, but yeah, so we have a lot of movies that you can watch now. So, yes, I'm excited. That was fun. That was. It's always fun just to list fun movies. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's it's a lot less pressure too. It's it's a lot easier to look up small bites about movies versus deep diving, which I don't mind deep diving. The only time that becomes yeah. a lot harder to deep dive is if you watch a movie that maybe you're not as in love with. But <laughs> yeah, Most, exactly. Well, like Black Christmas 2019. Ugh. Yep. I think that is one of our highest watched episodes. It's in like the top five. That's hilarious. And I and I was like, I think it's just because like people probably wanted a Christmas themed thing during Christmas, or maybe it's because we hate watched one. I don't know, but I find it hilarious because I I remember really liking the original and us hating the second one. So. I don't know. It's just hilarious that that one people really listen to that. I was maybe. like, "Oh, you want to hear Brit and Katie rant about a terrible movie?" Yeah, and maybe some people do. Go. Maybe they just want to hear shit talk something for a hot minute. You know, I like that occasionally. Um, so uh, make sure you stream some Hallow stream, some Halloween movies, and let us know what you think about our list. Um, but. Next week, we're going back to our regular schedule, and um, it's Britt's turn, because I picked uh, Ginger Snaps, so it's your turn. Yes, it is. So, yeah, um, so we, it's my pick of the week, and there's a movie I've always wanted to see. I heard really, really good things about. There's a character at the end that I think has become a big part of, like, um, horror. Won't really see any spoilers uh, quite yet, but (laughs) that being said, uh, we are doing Wreck next week um it is a spanish found Woo-hoo! footage horror film that came out in the year 2007 um and it is currently katie actually found this for me it's currently streaming on crackle for free um you just have to watch it with ads but i am willing to watch a movie with ads if i can watch it for yes. free so and it's originally in spanish so the crackle one is spanish with english subtitles but if you have amc plus they have an english dubbed version which i after watching Squid Games dubbed, <laughs> because I didn't, I forgot to turn on the subtitled version, and I just kept watching it that way. Uh, I would tread softly with that one, but you can get a seven day free trial and watch it on AMC Plus. Anyways, I'm excited because Wreck is something I know about it. I have heard a lot of analysis on it because it unfortunately had an American remake called Quarantine, which stars Jennifer Carpenter, who I love from Dexter. 
But I've heard, like, it really, like, is the poor man's version of Wreck, and Wreck is the stronger movie. So um, I'm excited to watch Wreck because it is a movie that's been on our, I think it's been on our our actual list for quite a while. Um, so it's exciting. Yay! Yay. And uh, I'm excited. And then I think we'll be doing at least one movie that is um, Thanksgiving-themed. Yes. And then we'll we'll be taking our break. But this is this is a good one, and it's a movie that obviously I think a lot of people have heard of. But I think a lot of people just watch Quarantine and they're like, I get the gist. But no, watch the real one. Yes, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if we love it or hate it. I think Quarantine is streaming places too. So if people want to compare and contrast, go ahead. Yeah, We're good. I might. I don't know. I might watch it um, after I watch Wreck, though. Um, yeah. So I'm excited. So. Um, with that, I guess we're going to say goodnight. Um, it is time to go to bed. We, or, I mean, for us, but I don't know about you. Maybe you're just starting your day. If you're just starting your day, have a great day. Don't forget to take a mental health break for yourself. Um, self-care is health care and mental health care is health care. And, um, if you need a break, tell people, people love you and support you. And if they don't, we do. So, um, just don't be afraid to take a break. Be safe out there. As you're going about your Halloween activities, make sure that you have a driver, that you're going in the buddy system, and that you stay safe. And um, mask up if you're going to be around a bunch of strangers. Um, Luckily, everybody I know is either vaccinated or super precautious. So um, just be really careful um, and be safe. Don't, Don't let your friends drive drunk. And don't let your friends go home with people that you don't trust. Um, go home with the people you came with is always, I mean, I know it's Halloween, but it's always the safest route because then at least you know who you're going home with. I don't know. Maybe that's a little too mother hen of me, but I always like, Halloween always seemed to be the time of year where the parties got kind of dangerous in college, at least. Like, I don't really party anymore, but when I did party in college, those were always when, like, incidents happened, was, like, Halloween, because they're big, and people let their inhibitions go, which is great, but just be careful out there. Um, thank you for listening, liking, and subscribing. We love you guys so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. We wouldn't be here without you guys, and I think we both just love you guys so much, and I really appreciate we've had, like, people reaching out and commenting and interacting, and that's, like, our favorite thing, so keep commenting keep messaging we love you guys let us know if there's anything specific you want us to watch and we will try to do that and um i don't know what else to say except take your vitamins wash your hands and be good to one another please and yeah yeah brit i'm sorry no you're good Go you're good um so yeah um we hello to all of our new friends out there we've seen numbers go up we see more followers we see more likes we see more comments we see more subscriptions we see more downloads um so hello all you new friends welcome to the grand house girls friends and family Uh, we're glad to have you here um i hope you take some small part of your day um to to yourself i hope you if you need to do some yoga if you want to listen to your favorite song if you want to take a bubble bath please just do something to help yourself relax a little bit um mental check i hope you're doing well um i want you to breathe in and then breathe out hold it for 10 seconds and just let it go just a little bit so um 
once it echoing what Katie said, um, it's it's a tough time of year. It's a great time of year. We love Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas, but emotions run high. Um, people get pulled in all different kinds of directions this time of year. It's a very sociable time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, first and foremost, take care of yourself. You cannot take care of other people if you can't take care of yourself. So please make sure you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, we love you. We appreciate you. Um, and yeah, I think that's. I'm I'm tired. I'm so sorry. I'm probably. Not making much sense right now, um, but uh, no, you are. Yeah, but <laughs> thank you. Um, but we we, we we appreciate having you guys here, and as always, we just look forward to seeing you next week. Um, same spooky time, same mm-hmm. spooky channel. Stay spooky, Stay y'all. spooky, y'all. Have a good night. Bye, 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 Katie. Bye, bye, bye Brett. Bye. bye, everybody. See you next week. The Grindhouse Girls podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Brittany Ray and edited by Katie Dale. All music used is royalty free and will be in our annotations. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please contact us at contact us at grindhousegirlspod.com or visit our website at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.